You're listening to the Sheep Spot Podcast, a show for hand spinners about making yarns we love. Hey there, Sheep Spotters. Welcome to episode 26 of the Sheep Spot Podcast. I'm Sasha from Sheepspot.com, where we offer diverse hand-dyed wools and the information and support you need to make beautiful yarns. Today's episode, though, is not actually about spinning. If you've been following me for a while, you will know that I have struggled with depression for pretty much my whole life since I was a teenager. Um, it has from time to time been very bad. Um, and this week actually has been pretty hard, although I don't think I'm actually in a depressive episode. But um, but I did have to declare Tuesday a mental health day and spend the entire day curled up watching YouTube videos and snuggling with the cats, and weeping for no apparent reason. I haven't felt that bad for a long time, and it was scary. By the next day, I was feeling better, and I was able to do some work, but I'm pretty worn out, and I find myself with very little mental bandwidth. Um, And what I do have mental bandwidth uh, is pretty much entirely taken up with trying to make sure that I get to the Prince Edward Fiber Fest with everything I need. I'm leaving tomorrow, so there has not been much bandwidth left over this week for podcasting. So today I thought I would talk about self-care. Whether you have a mood disorder or not, self-care is something that we could probably all get a little bit better at. And it's something that I have had to work really, really hard at. But I'm at the point in my life now um, where I've managed to put some routines in place that keep me healthy and that help me bounce back really quickly when I do have a day like the day I had on Tuesday. So I hope that you find something in this episode useful, even if it's not a thing about spinning. Um, And if you're not into this topic, I will be back next week with more spinning, promise. Uh, And feel free to just sit this one out. Okay, so let's talk about the really basic basics. So food. Michael Pollan says in his book, A Defensive Food, this is his advice on how to eat, which I love. Eat food, not too much, mostly plants. And that is what I try to do. But of course, it's way easier said than done because getting healthy plant-based food that's not loaded with all sorts of other stuff that you really don't want in your body um, is not the easiest thing in the world in our culture. And um, 
I am a big skipper of meals. This is where I often fall down. Um, if I eat, I usually eat pretty well, but uh, I do get into situations where I'm just working and I forget to eat. Matthew and I call this failing lunch. Um, it gets to be like 5.30 and I haven't had lunch yet and um, it's not good. Um, so I really need to pay attention to this and I probably need to pay more attention to it than I actually have lately. And, um, I think it's a really good idea to know where in town you can get like an emergency salad. So, um, I know where I can get an emergency salad. I just haven't been going there to get them, but, um, yeah, have a salad and have fewer chocolate chip cookies if you're me. Um, so food, really important to pay attention to this. Um, and especially with mood stuff, you gotta, you gotta eat right and you gotta eat regularly. Okay, let's go on to rest. Now, Recently, I was having some insomnia, and I read a few books, actually, that helped me kind of fine-tune my sleep habits. The one that I got the most out of was called Say Goodnight to Insomnia by Greg D. Jacobs. It was amazing to me how little I knew about sleep. As a person who, most of my life, I've been a really good sleeper, and I really love to sleep. I love to be asleep. And um, but I discovered that there were a lot of really basic things about sleep that I was doing wrong. So I did some fine tuning and, um, and I discovered, and also I kept a sleep log for about a month and I discovered that I definitely sleep better if I go to bed at the same time and get up at the same time, even on weekends. I used to be a big napper, but I've pretty much cut that out. And I now try never to nap after 3 p.m. And I now have a little routine that I do before I go to bed. It's the same eight things in the same order every night. Um, and I have found that that has made a huge difference for me in terms of how long it takes me to fall asleep. And then the other thing that I didn't know is that you should really try to not be in bed if you're not sleeping. So if you're awake and you can't get to sleep and you're just lying there staring at the ceiling and fretting, then get up and do something fun for a little while until you feel sleepy. So, and I don't have to do that very often, but I do now make sure that I do it. And um, that's been useful to me. And that book, Say Goodnight to Insomnia, was useful to me. So uh, check it out if you're having trouble sleeping. Now, rest doesn't only mean sleep, and it also means time off. And this is one place where I've been massively falling down lately. I'm not taking enough days off. And when I do take them, I often find myself kind of drifting back into working because, frankly, I get a little bored. So I definitely have more to do more work to do on this one. Um, yeah. So taking some days off and also taking two days off in a row 
which is something I very rarely do, that would be, um, I think that would be useful for me. <laughs> and last but not least, in terms of the basics, like the things that you absolutely have to pay attention to, exercise. So Tuesday when I was feeling so crappy, I could not make myself go to the gym because I really couldn't make myself get off the couch. But I did go for a walk, a really short walk. I just walked around the block. It was a beautiful day and it helped my mood right away. I've been going to the gym pretty regularly of late and I haven't been going on walks. So this was a really good reminder that even pretty minimal exercise can make a huge difference. Okay, so those are the basic things. Food, sleep, exercise. Also, time alone. Really, really important for me. I'm a big introvert. And uh, so I need to spend a lot of time alone just to recharge. But I also need to spend a specific, really specific kind of time alone. And I think of this as time that I just spend sort of checking in with myself and figuring out how I'm doing, how I'm feeling, and um, what I need more of, what I need less of. And so I do this in three ways. So I meditate um, just a little bit every day. I, um, I've been meditating for years and I used to meditate for much longer periods of time. And I've discovered that five minutes a day is enough to make a huge difference in the way I feel. I use guided meditations. I use an app called Simple Habit, which is a little bit pricey, but it works for me. Uh, it's got lots of different meditations led by lots of different kinds of teachers. And so I just make myself do it for five minutes a day. I also keep a journal and I, um, sometimes I use journaling prompts that I, you know, get from various places. If you Google journaling prompts, there are millions of places that will tell you what to write in your journal. But um, for me, I kind of go back and forth between two journaling practices. One is uh, just writing whatever comes into my head in a kind of stream, stream of consciousness way, filling up three pages, and then I am done for the day. Uh, it's often a struggle for me to get to three pages, but I do find that it's kind of clears my head. And if there's something that is bothering me, it will usually turn up sometime within those three pages. And that's a practice that uh, is based on uh, Julia Cameron's The Artist Way, which you may remember from the 90s, which was, was a big book about creativity. So sometimes I do that. And then sometimes I do, I ask myself a series of questions that are based on a book by Martha Beck called The Joy Diet, uh, which I also really recommend. That was a really useful book for me. And so she just has a series of um, exercises that you can do having to do with asking yourself um, a series of questions. 
And so sometimes I do that. And then the third thing that I do is that I make sure that I write down the three things that I'm grateful for every day. And this has been really transformative for me. It's such a simple thing, but um, it just shifts my focus. It allows me to, especially if I am just, there's a lot of negativity swirling around in my head or I'm anxious, it just sort of brings me into a place where I am acknowledging all the things that are absolutely fantastic in my life. And I do have a pretty great life. Um, and it just helps me remember that. So, um, so these are all ways that I just figure out what I'm feeling. I just sort of have a conversation with myself to figure out what is actually happening in my life and how I feel about it. Um, and I find that when I do this regularly, it makes it so much easier for me to course correct, to make little adjustments in how things are going, to just pay attention to my own rhythms of energy and fatigue and things like that. So, um, and all of this for me is really about embracing ritual, which is something that I resisted really, really hard for most of my life. And also just embracing maintenance tasks. I always used to feel like getting my hair cut was a total waste of time. I used to resist getting my hair cut because I just felt like, oh, I'll just, it's an hour. I could be doing something else. And and all sorts of things like that that need to be done regularly, I hated them. And I thought that they were pointless. And I just tried to, I avoided them, or I tried to just get them done as quickly as possible, and often as sloppily as possible. And and I kind of shifted around this a few years ago when I realized that um, it was actually after my last big um, bout of depression, when I realized that um, I could probably ward some, some, some of this off if I just was paying more attention to more things regularly. So that's definitely a process. And I still have moments where I think, Oh, I can't believe I have to cut my nails again. But generally speaking, I'm just trying to embrace routine and maintenance schedules and finding that it helps my life run a lot more smoothly. Okay, third big category for me of self-care has to do with spending time with uh, non-humans. So spending time in nature, spending time with animals, spending time with plants, and just plain spending time outside. So as I believe I may have mentioned once or twice on this podcast, I live with three cats. And spending time with them is a huge part of my self-care. Because 
watching them is such a good reminder that whatever it is that I'm worrying about is probably way less important than I think it is. Animals are always, you know, they don't have a sense of the future and they don't really have a sense of the past, although they do remember things. Um, but especially for somebody who spends a lot of time anxious and worrying about things that haven't happened yet, just sort of sitting with them and watching them really just be with whatever is happening in the moment is incredibly useful. Um, also, they are all incredibly beautiful. So they remind me that there's beauty in the world and they remind me that humans aren't the only game in town. And they're just the best. And I feel, I really feel incredibly lucky that they, I kind of think cats are higher beings and I feel really lucky that they consent to live in the same house with me. So, um, also going outside. Now I am an indoor person. Jerry Seinfeld had a whole routine on this, on the, Seinfeld show about um, people who like to be in and people who like to be out. And I am definitely a person who likes to be in, which is partly about being an introvert, but also partly just about the way I was raised. Um, and it can be hard to get outside when you live in Southwestern Ontario, because the weather here is foul for most of the year, or at least half of the year. Um, but even stepping onto my deck for a few minutes can be a good thing, even if it's the dead of winter. So sometimes I just have to remind myself to go outside. Um, also, plants. A few years ago, I was listening to this podcast and somebody was, the, whoever was running this podcast, I forget which one it was, was interviewing an herbalist. And um, the herbalist said that different people have different affinities with different plants. And she calls the plants that you have an affinity with herbal allies, which is a concept that I love. Um, and she said it's really useful to know what your herbal allies are and what your plant allies are and to, you know, try to keep them around. So... Um, so one of my big plants, plant friends is lemon thyme. I love the smell of lemon thyme. And every year I plant some in a pot on the deck so that for at least mm, four or five months of the year, I can go outside. I can, you know, have myself a good sniff of lemon thyme and it immediately lifts my mood. Um, I also have an entire lilac hedge in my yard because when we moved into this house, I said, I want a lilac hedge. And we're now at the point where it's getting to be, you know, a good size and it's lilac season right now. And, um, Tuesday when I was feeling so awful, I just went outside and just stood in the lilac hedge for a little while and just smelled the lilacs and watched the bees and generally chilled out. Um, and I also, part of my going to sleep routine is 
um, a little bit of lavender essential oil and chamomile essential oil uh, mixed with some unscented hand cream. And I just rub it on my hands and before I go to sleep. And so I have that scent cue that is telling me, go to sleep, Sasha. Um, and as I said, that's been working really well. And then for me, the last thing is just getting to water, getting to some kind of natural body of water. Um, the ocean is best for this, but in a pinch, uh, it's not a natural body of water. But if I can get myself into a swimming pool, that's usually going to help. Um, so lake, stream, ocean, and if none of those are possible, swimming pool, or even the little pond in our backyard. So then there's other people. When I am feeling low, I call my friend Melissa or my friend Mandy, both of which, both of whom have known me for nearly 30 years. And they get me and they make me laugh. And they just remind me who I am. Um, I'm lucky to have the best husband in the world. But, um, you know, sometimes when you live with someone, and especially if you're, if you're depressed for a period of time, you know, when I'm depressed, it's really, really hard on Matthew. And so I have to remind myself to seek out other kinds of support. And that's when I get on the phone to Melly or Mandy. And uh, that is always a good thing to do. On the other hand, there are people in my life, and I bet that there are people in your life, who do not really contribute so much to my self-care, um, and whom I know not to call when I'm feeling low. And that is a really important life skill <laughs> that took me decades to learn. Um, also, this week... Uh, I have not been consuming any news. The news is rough these days. There's a lot going on, and a lot of it is really scary. And I have this um, weird feeling of responsibility, even though I can't do anything about anything besides, you know, call my representatives. Um, where I can, um, and give money where I can. But uh, I feel this weird responsibility to know what's happening, even if what's happening is really bad, and there's absolutely no impact that I can have on it. And so giving myself permission to just shut it off for a week or two weeks, um, that is something that is new for me. And also makes a huge difference. And then, you know, I just have to trust that people in the world are paying attention. And if I really need to know something, Matthew, who is a compulsive news junkie, will tell me what it is. Um, but I can just take a few days off. So, also social media. Mm, sometimes social media, it's, you know, studies have proven Facebook makes people feel bad. 
because we're also busy curating and making our lives look perfect. And if you're feeling like your life isn't so perfect at the moment, it can be a real bummer. Um, so sometimes I take some time off from social media and sometimes I just go on social media and tell the truth about what's happening, which I always think, um, well, yeah, I just think sometimes it's good to just say what's true. And last but not least, there is making things, which you wouldn't think I would have trouble with this, but I do have trouble with this. Spinning and knitting are both huge self-care things for me, and I have not been doing them nearly enough lately. There has been lots and lots of research now on knitting in particular that tells us what we all already know, which is that knitting is really good for stress release. It's really good for mindfulness. It's good for relaxation. Um, Spinning hasn't been studied, of course, because we spinners are too weird and most people don't know that we actually exist. But for me, I find that it's even more better stress release and more relaxing than knitting is. But only if I'm actually doing it. (laughs) And I haven't been lately. So as soon as I get back from the Fiber Festival, I'm vending at this weekend. I have promised myself that as a reward, I am going to start a new spinning project. So those are some of the ways that I have found to take care of myself. Um, And some of the ways that I have found that have really helped with my depression. I am not a medical doctor, though I am a doctor of philosophy. Um, So please do not take this as medical advice. But uh, maybe there was something in there that was a useful reminder for you. I'm sure there wasn't anything absolutely new, but maybe there's something that you needed to hear today. I certainly hope so. That is it for me this week. I will be back next week when I promise you I will talk about spinning and nothing but spinning. Um, And uh, not just at the very end. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Hey, uh, go spin something. It's good for you. I'll see you next week.